This is Art House Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health, with your hosts Kyle Myers and Hank Spaulding. Today's episode is a MacGuffin with Hank Spaulding. And welcome back, movie nerds, uh, to another episode of the Art House Roadshow. Today we will be continuing our series of MacGuffins on Star Wars and the anticipation and lead up to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+. Plus. I am once again joined by my dear friend, uh, Luke Harbaugh. Welcome back, Luke. How are you doing this evening? Thank you, Dr. Spalding. I'm doing great. It's good to be here today. Uh, if you are interested in our Star Wars uh, commentary, our first episode, in case you missed it, was over a trailer reaction to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And today we'll pick up where we left off and give kind of an overview of the entire Star Wars universe. And that sounds kind of daunting, but we're not going to go crazy deep into things because uh, coming up after this week, um, our next um, MacGuffin over Star Wars will be on the original trilogy, followed by prequels, interquels, sequels, and live action shows. So you'll get to see us go pretty in depth on specific uh, instances of the series. Today, we're just going to do some heavy glossing over big themes but before we get started i think one thing that's important uh at least for me as i'm trying to uh recall my love of star wars is just to think back to the the thing that first got me into star wars and um instead of me presenting first i'm actually gonna ask you luke what was kind of your introduction to star wars and what kind of drew you to it um as a young child when you first experienced star wars i think the thing that got me into star wars first was actually it's probably actually my dad. So my dad's a, a sci-fi guy. He's more of a Star Trek person. I remember oh, I had a lot of memories of watching, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation when I was a, a little kid. I mean, you know, four, five, six years old, probably even before that, because Next Generation was all before that. And so that was that the whole like kind of space theme was always in my house. And uh, we had some VHSs, I think, recorded like off a of TV of, of the Star Wars trilogy. And so that is kind of how it first got into me. And I, I actually have memories of coming home, I think from like kindergarten, maybe first grade and like sitting and watching A New Hope, you know, on, on VHS, just sitting right in front of the tube TV in my parents' living room. And that was really kind of, kind of where it started for me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And it's funny because my, my dad was also my introduction to Star Wars. It's funny. Um, uh, I don't know if this gets them in trouble or not, but um here we go either way uh my my dad actually and my mom were young uh married they were a young married couple in a in a small town in olathe kansas called olathe kansas and my mom was pregnant with my eldest sister shelly and um they were looking for something to do one hot summer day and anything if anyone knows anything about the church of nazarene one of their original kind of things that um they weren't allowed to do was go see movies and um, my parents decided it was just it was really hot this summer that they were going to go see movies. And, and there was this uh, there were these two movies that had just come out that they were both interested in and maybe seeing because they saw advertisements for it on um, billboards and things like that. Um, and those two movies were Rocky, which would go on to win uh, Best Picture, I think, that year. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I'll have to look that up. Um, and then the other one was the first Star Wars movie. Um, and you can imagine if you've gone from not seeing any movies to go see those movies, they had to like sneak in and like try and not get caught and things like that so that they wouldn't uh, be shown as seeing those movies. But you can imagine going from seeing no movies to that. But um, I remember I was, you telling me that story before, and I just can't imagine how how blown their minds would have been i'm surprised they didn't leave the faith at that moment that's like, right that's i can't right. believe they've been keeping this from us that's right because i mean what a two what two what great two movies to start off in in terms of one cinematic journey i mean both of those movies have always been a place in our our uh, our lives uh, as kids growing up for a lot for a lot of reasons but um when i was a kid um i was introduced to it by my dad we would 
um it was almost kind of a religious thing because even then he was a he still didn't really go to movies a ton because it was still frowned upon for people in clergy now it's much more um it's much more accepted in the church nazarene to go see movies which sounds kind of like antiquated but nonetheless here we are um and we would go to the uh, video store you know we'd go to blockbuster which you know rest in peace um and my dad would get me like action movies because i was getting to that age where i was interested in action movies and sci-fi movies and so this is where i saw like all the old arnold schwarzenegger movies all of the tremor movies and the stallone movies and rambo and things like that and we we made a shift to um like uh, to watch uh, some sci-fi movies and he got me star wars i remember just very distinctly feeling like rooted to the spot when i was watching this star wars film um like i think as a kid even at that age i knew the whole like i am your father thing, you know so like that was already ruined for me uh, but again i mean it's just a part of culture now and so i just i was rooted to the spot and i watched it and i just remember being blown away by the story right and it's it's just instant i mean obviously the action is just really powerful you want to see um that lightsaber fight you want to see luke finally get his comeuppance against darth vader you kind of want to do all that but there's this there's this mystical element and there's these really great lightsaber battles and you know just a really fascinating story um obviously there are like you know i watched a lot of action movies during that time um because of that same kind of thing where i would go with my dad and, and rent these movies but you know this one stuck with me and i'm wondering like i mean maybe you've experienced that too but like what do you think it is about star wars that kind of just like sticks with people i mean for I think for a lot of people, it was this way for me, like, first of all, just the, the timing of things, right? So, so when is it popular in relation, especially to your childhood? Because um, yeah. we, like, we had this, we had this, you know, introduction, like you and I did through our dads. But then I remember, you know, the VHS series came out in like 1995, right? So I was eight years old in 1995. And I remember, you know, the, that VHS series, you can probably picture it in your head if you had it, yeah. you know, <laughs> with like Darth Vader's face on, on A New Hope and then Yoda's face and Return of the Jedi. I forget what was in the middle. Um, was it Boba Fett? It might've been, but it's like, I remember the trailer. They were like, you know, own this, own this Star Wars saga, you know, one last time. That's like the way they pitched it as if they weren't going to produce like that new movies for the next 30 years. Um, That's right. But that, that came out. I remember watching those. Um, there was a little like pamphlet in there where you could buy stuff. You could buy this little like flashlight lightsaber that I, I remember I like renewal of star Wars. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then on top of that, then of course, like 99 hit and you got the prequels. So there was just like the steady stream. I feel like the steady flow of star Wars from the time I was like eight years old until, until I was 18 almost. And then it kind of paused for a little while after revenge of the Sith came out. So it was just like these really formative years, you know, when that just stuff just kind of gets into your imagination. But beyond that, it, I, I just always have always loved the simplicity of star Wars, right. That it's, it's a morality tale. It's, it's good versus evil. Right. I mean, you see from the moment, like Darth Vader comes onto the ship, like all dressed in black, like the black hats from the old West, um, you know, yeah. who the good guys are, who the bad guys are. Um, and it's very simple. And that in some ways makes it very limited, like in, in kind of what you can do with it. And uh, that can be a problem sometimes I think as they're trying to write new stories, but ultimately for those first three movies, especially, it's just so cut and dry, so clear. You know who the heroes are. You know who the villains are. Um, and it's just a story that's, that's so well told. And so, you know, when you're young and you're looking for those archetypes, right? And you're looking for those heroes and the people to be on the playgrounds when you're, you know, swinging a stick or a flashlight or whatever it is, like pretending you're, you're a Jedi. Like, it's just so simple to latch on to those characters. Um, and they live, they live, they live in you. You know, they live in your brain in some really significant ways. Yeah. And that deep kind of resonance with these characters is so big. I mean, I mean, you could just look in terms of like the influence that Star Wars had on cinema, you know, and that's the thing I think I liked the most about like George Lucas's work is that it was so ambitious. Like he's pulling, like you you talked about like him pulling from Westerns, which is something you kind of see as like a, a, a almost like a callback to in The Mandalorian today is like very much a Western. 
um but he's also like kind of like operatic stuff which is what you get in the prequels and you know he, he loved like um old kind of like um samurai um eastern stories and so kurosawa films play such a huge role in how he thinks of star wars as well as kind of like all of the sci-fi shows that he watched as a kid growing up himself and so um i mean and this movie changes so much of cinema because uh like you know the the shots that he's able to do of like the the ships kind of going over and below the camera is not something that you see a ton of and he kind of invents that um and even later on when he does the the sequels he actually forces all of the theaters to switch to digital projectors because that's all he shot the prequels on and you know he you know changes the industry just through that stuff and so this this has a footprint just beyond these kind of archetypes i mean the star wars trilogy the original trilogy especially has this kind of like mythological character not just in like the lives of our uh you know of our, our childhood but also just in terms of like its impact on broader cinema i mean i i remember like that exact same commercial that you're talking about own it one last time yeah yeah i remember that and i i, I can see that same like box set of of uh vhs's and and the, the other thing that comes up in my mind is i remember when they started announcing the release of the special editions um and for me i had just seen star wars um and then the special editions came out and then uh, they were released and that was like a gold and black box set that was um that was released in in and it's so fascinating because I thought that those were so cool. It wasn't until I got older that I realized like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous. Some of this <laughs> stuff, like the get out of the way, I'm trying to see the movie stuff that uh, some of the honest trailer people have covered, but yeah, it's just, it is this very simple story uh, between good and evil. Um, but I, I kind of love this aspect of it. This can kind of get into overall themes that maybe we, maybe we like about it and what's our kind of overall um uh, like things that we really love from the show but I love it's that it's a battle between good and evil but there's a twist to it because the good people don't necessarily come away unscarred and the bad people don't always stay bad right so like I always love that piece and it, it, now it's been just played out to death um, in all cinema but the the fact that like you know you want Darth Vader to suffer for what he did to Obi-Wan what he does to um you know princess leia you know how he does all this bad stuff and you know you, you have all the main characters pushing luke to try and fight and kill vader i mean even yoda and obi-wan are like you've got to do this and and he refuses and he, he has this whole absolute belief that there's good in his dad still and he refuses to take that path to the dark side, which is really good. And if you if you compare that to one, and we'll talk about this with the original trilogy and the prequels, compare that to his own dad's ascent, like that, that um, you know, Anakin kind of seizes after his own desire to control and to, um, you know, really step into this central figure of like, you know, seizing upon his fears, right? trying to seize upon something to control his fears um luke is offered that same point at the end of of near the end of return of the jedi when you know vader kind of says that he's going to go kill leia if he doesn't fight him right and so instead of giving over to his fear in that moment like the way his dad did he lets it go and refuses and chooses to die and so there's this real deep redemption arc and a lot of the story um of star wars too um, you see it, they try and replicate it to some degree with Kylo Ren in the sequel trilogy, but it really doesn't go over well. I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think it's because you have competing visions of J.J. Abrams versus Ryan Johnson. Um, and it just really doesn't make a lot of sense by the end of it. I mean, with if you just think of the entirety of the of the of the prequels into the original trilogy, like that's a like a, that's a pretty solid arc of the rise of Anakin Skywalker, the fall of Darth Vader. And the, and the rise of Anakin Skywalker at the end. And so um, I love that simple story that you talk about, but I also love this little twist. I think they do it well. I think it's been played out to death and it's just not done well by a lot of people. Um, but yeah. Um, well, that's, that's one of the things that makes, and you know, this is going towards the original trilogy, but like that makes the original trilogy so great, right? Is that it progresses so perfectly 
as as a trilogy because you get this really really simple tale in the first movie that if they would have just ended there right you've got like a solid science fiction science fantasy movie because there really wasn't anywhere else to go like heroes win in the end darth vader spins off into wherever and like the good guys win but then you know because it was so popular obviously they were able to make a second one and kind of continue george lucas's vision and then they do such a great job of complicating everything right because and yeah. then that and that's what draws you in and that's what kind of keeps you going because it's not so simple and you know you meet yoda who defies your expectations and then you know you get the big twist at the end and so it just it just progresses so well as an original story um mm-hmm. that and they gave it space right at least they had to because they wasn't sure if they were going to get a second movie but that's like, right they, they don't set everything up in the first movie like you don't get you know those kind of little breadcrumbs that we get in all the marvel movies and stuff now like it's just its own thing and then from there they're able to to move on um, but you talked about like george lucas and his love for all these different kinds of genres of movies and and you think about star wars i mean you and i just got back from galaxy's edge right like a month right. ago and when you're when you're there like what hits you or what hit me was like you're really living in the brain of two people and that's that's george lucas and ralph mcquarrie right so so lucas has the vision for this story and for this fantastic world that everything in star wars is set in but ralph mcquarrie is the one that really like designed it all and gave it the look that is so like quintessentially star wars and and they talk about like what grabs you when you're a kid or what grabs you when you're first introduced to star wars and the narrative is a big part of that and the mystery that george lucas creates with jedi and some of the eastern religious themes and that kind of thing Mm. but but the the pictures right like the the designs that live on of like x-wings and tie fighters and star destroyers and these different planets and droids and i mean all that stuff is like ralph mcquarrie's brain come to life and those are the things that have just when you when you see star wars you know it's star wars um, because Mm. of that design element and that's one of the things that just really sticks with you from yeah yeah the aesthetics of it i mean even down to like the for lack of a better term maybe you know that the star wars language like the the actual language that you see spelled everywhere yeah that's all it's just pretty crazy i mean like it's it's uh like it feels kind of tchotchke and everything the thing i really appreciate about like galaxy's edge is the attention to detail like you could spend hours just walking around there and just see new stuff all the time you know like all like right around the droid depot like all the cannibalized droid heads there there's lamps that you wouldn't see i mean the um, I mean, the, the restrooms themselves are kind of a, a, like a Star Wars experience, all the eating environments. I mean, it's pretty incredible. I mean, obviously, it's there to make them a lot of money. Um, <laughs> and it's, I'm sure it has already. I mean, they just opened up as the, uh, you know, as the recording of this podcast, they just opened up the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel experience, which itself has, has received some mixed reviews. But I've seen some stuff that looks really interesting in there. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's something like, um, it's, it's an archetype now, it feels like. It's something that almost like lives inside of us culturally. It's been around since the 70s and it doesn't look like there's any end in sight, even though there seems to be less momentum in it now than there was when Disney first bought it. Um, mostly because I think the sequel trilogy is so polarizing that, a lot of people are just really kind of burnt out on Star Wars in a way that it's it's fascinating. Like, you know, Marvel has been able to increase its momentum as it steps into its each new iteration. I mean, in some sense, you don't know how they can top what they just did. Like Endgame, I don't know how you're going to top Endgame. And then No Way Home just come, came out and blows that um, pretty sky high for a lot of people. You know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on it, but, you know, even the, the multiverse of madness right around the corner looks like it's going to, you know, keep this trajectory going. And Star Wars never really got that kind of momentum back after The Force Awakens. But um, that's the thing that keeps it good. The things that's still there, you still see around is this story of this kind of um, of this certain aesthetic that is distinctly Star Wars. And the story of of good and evil and redemption, that's kind of good. Now, are there any other themes that you like you really enjoy and like gravitate more than others, other than just maybe like the story? But is there a certain kind of mythology that or a mythological aspect of Star Wars that you like over and against the others? 
I mean, I love the, I love the force. It's interesting. Um, now obviously like as, as a Christian, um, my, my personal beliefs are very different than what you see. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I used it in a sermon recently and talking about the the Holy spirit and, and talked about how the Holy spirit is so personal and how, and I compared that to the force and I actually played the clip of Yoda and empire strikes back talking about what the force is. Um, you know, and, and in a way, like a lot of people are a lot more comfortable, especially in our culture with the idea of the force, right? This kind of impersonal cosmic force that has like some kind of influence on your life, but we get a little bit uncomfortable when we talk about like the Holy spirit as being this personal entity that, you know, lives in you and, and all these different things. And so, um, obviously like where you and I come from as, as Christians, like it's a very different look at what God is. But at the same time, like I do still come back to that speech that Yoda gives and just from like a specific, like a, a purely sci-fi science fantasy kind of thing. It's just so good. You know, that, that speech that he gives and that description of what the force is and where Jedi gain their power, even going back to what Obi-Wan talks about in A New Hope. Um, all of that is just so cool. And it's, you know, beyond like the... The religious aspects of it and whatever else it's just cool that you know um not only is it this this quote-unquote religion of the wizened monks in space but like you know it gives different jedi different kind of powers um yeah and that, and that honestly is something that i would love to see them explore a little bit more um you know, if you read like the expanded universe stuff, like there are certain Jedi that are gifted at certain things and then others that are not, right? Um, so you have Jedi that are gifted as healers. And so they become Jedi healers. Corrin Horn is a really great example. He can't use telekinesis, right? So he can't move things with his brain, which is a really kind of main, main feature of a lot of Jedi that we see in right. movies. So like, how does that limit you, you know? And you compare that to what we've gotten in the movies, especially like the sequels with Ray being able to be kind of like anything that she wants. <laughs> and there's just not a lot of nuance there. So I feel like with the force, there's just a lot of different stuff that you can, you can explore, which unfortunately hasn't really happened. It's become more of like a superpower um, than it has like a contemplative, like energy source that, you know, comes from a lot of training and discipline. And, um, you know, I compare it more to, it should be more like Dr. Strange, you know, in the oh, MCU yeah. and like this dedication and study and intricacy to like learning the magic. Like it should be more like that than it should be a superpower that lets you jump high and move rocks. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, you see, I, I it's, it's fascinating because um, I want, like, you, we don't really have, like, we've got a lot of stuff during the Skywalker saga. Um, one of the things the live action universe has never really explored is like the the old old republic you know the kind of the golden age of that period or even the dawn of the jedi even further back you know um and i remember i started and i think this would have been like two hundred thousand years before bb like before the battle of yavin um like the, and this is a part of the extended universe. I was really depressed because I had this goal in mind. I remember sharing this with you that I wanted to kind of start to read through the, the novel novels and then the extended universe and that kind of thing. Disney had just bought um, Star Wars and announced there was going to be another live action movie. Um, and that was so fun. And uh, so I, I had this goal of like reading through all the books. And I started like right at the beginning with the Dawn of the Jedi book. Um, it was really cool, actually. This is before they even had um lightsabers this is when they had vibro blades and things like that and it was a really great story um about this young woman and her brother who didn't have those powers yet part of jedi training was also being like trained in like the sciences and medicine so it wasn't just like using the force as a power it was also all this other stuff too and she was able to do both the jedi um that you see in that in that novel and so yeah it's it's fascinating because we don't really see the development of the Jedi. We just see them as the Jedi at war, which then they have to be just kind of like people who battle, right? Um, and so like uh, like in the Clone Wars, you see Anakin and Ahsoka constantly just doing the strangest thing with the force that you've never seen. Like, so for example, jumping off um, buildings and like, um, or jumping off buildings, jumping off like cliffs and then catching themselves with the force and then catching each other with the force. And it's just like the force, I guess you just do it a, with with whatever you want um that kind of thing and so it was kind of 
it's kind of silly and there's some campiness to it just because it's meant to be a cartoon for children and things like that i get can that I jump, can i jump in real quick yeah totally. so I, I think that's one of the one of the issues that has kind of cropped up and you've seen it with you've seen it with clone wars you've seen it to a certain degree with rebels you've definitely seen it in the sequel trilogy like it's kind of just become a crutch for like in a storytelling sense it can be whatever you want it to be and that's that's a bit of an issue and one of the things that i really loved about the original trilogy is how limited it was like like it gave luke skywalker certain abilities but it didn't turn him into superman you know like like it was it was important and it was powerful but it wasn't you know this this superpower yeah yeah um and one of the things i really enjoy um about the force in that way like in terms of like what it can provide um is it takes it's hard work i don't know like uh, that that just appeals to me um and i really like the fact that um when it comes to for example um i'm trying to think of something well i mean think of it in terms of like the three eras of just the prequels sequels and original trilogy um there's this whole piece where um like the original trilogy like it was it was luke working with yoda work luke working with uh um obi-wan and then uh in the prequels it was this really long process the thing that really turned me off to the way the force was described like described in the sequels is that like ray didn't really need anything she she had everything she needed which is their way of saying like oh we're just going to completely use this line as a way to like say okay well you know she doesn't really need all that training um they get some with leia in rise of skywalker i guess but at the same time like she's you know like the, and we've talked about this before like she's fighting kylo ren the first time she's ever held a lightsaber and she just says the force and then fights kylo ren and i mean some of that has to do with him killing his dad they i i think that's a decent explanation for why he's not as focused as he is and he's injured because he got shot by chewbacca but at the same time still like for him being like a, a he's trained by luke trained by snoke he should have some edge on a person who's never touched a lightsaber before um and so it's just you know i i think that that is a like the way that the force like one is supposed to be trained in it too is helpful um i mean another thing for me and just to, to kind of switch gears one of the funny things uh like you talk about it being like the religious aspect the jedi is actually a religion right now <laughs> operating <laughs> in the world i don't know if you knew that um but like you can actually become a jedi and it's not like campy like it's the people who actually they actually follow like kind of like a semi-eastern tradition um and like you do the whole thing where you um you follow like you actually have to go get like a tree branch to to make your lightsaber and it's kind of like a stick for a second um a stick that you find and things like that but you can like actually research um the jedi and it's actually a pretty fast growing religion like relatively speaking they don't have as many people as like the uh traditional western faiths but um nonetheless it's a really important thing just to see kind of like this has actually become like a, a, a people like a religion that people practice these days and so um it's kind of interesting to see that but um anyway the um the challenge that i kind of see um that star wars lays down is like spiritually for example this idea of like sin and attachments and kind of a stoic worldview so like and you know not to be belaboring this point the um the idea of like stoicism is like really really like trenched in this and throughout this entire series because you know the jedi at the very beginning is all about let go of all that you fear to lose yoda says that to to anakin several times and what we see um in this um exploration really is is the fact that like attachments are those things that at the one hand are seen as like relatively good but they're also seen as bad because like for example like anakin's over attachment um over attachment to padme leads to his um his fall right but at the same time the inability of the jedi to understand how healthy attachments can work 
leads to the crumbling of their entire order. I think Luke at least names that in The Last Jedi in a way that I think is pretty convincing. But And you see the kind of like the Mandalorian piece is like an undoing of this this negative idea of attachments. And so it's fascinating to catch all these things. But I think that like sin is this kind of lust for power, this lust for control, this over-attachment versus kind of the hyper-reaction against attachments is a really fascinating piece that plays through the entire star wars universe but um yeah i mean in terms of like compelling storylines i think that's pretty pretty interesting yeah i that was always a piece that kind of baffled me a little bit from the prequels and in particular was the whole idea of attachment because you know what i was used to um was the expanded universe at that point where everybody's got relationships right like like luke marries mara jade um, you know, they end up together and obviously Han and Leia are together, but, you know, you see, you know, Han and then Han and Leia have kids and then they've got these twins and, and, you know, then Ben comes along. So they ended up with like three kids and everybody's got these like personal attachments. And it's really like that cliched thing. It's about family, you know, <laughs> like, like it really was about family. And then the prequels come along and they talk about how Jedi, you know, have, are forbidden, have, are uh, for, forbade from making attachments and not allowed to get married and like there's a really weird part too where they're like so jedi are celibate and george lucas was like well that doesn't mean they're necessarily celibate and it's like that's that's an interesting thought george <laughs> where does where does that go but that just that just always was kind of a, a strange feature to me but it's become a very like it's become a major theme right like that's been carried out now through multiple um multiple trilogies and, and kind of multiple storylines yeah and I, I i i hadn't read those books and i'm really sad that i hadn't because i think that there's so much there now they're kind of starting over with the new novel series and i feel woefully behind and um i wish i had spent more time in that but yeah i mean it's it's such a central it seems like such a central piece that's why i love in the mandalorian like they even named it at the end of the book of boba fett that like the opposite of the creed of the Mandalorian is the creed of the Jedi. Um, I thought that was really fascinating um, to kind of see, that's why they're probably at odds, but also in some sense, like, um, and I read this article by a friend of ours <laughs> from seminary, uh, Russell Johnson, who he talks about like the, the idea of Star Wars and religion has always been something that people have thought about. And Mandalorian like has, has really shown like this idea of, like a healthy religious practice because the idea of like for example like people think that mando for some reason is a, is a uh, fundamentalist because he never takes his mask mask off and or his helmet off and he's always got his armor on and his weapon is a religion and it's really it arises it arises from that um that line that we get from the death watch um in in season one of the uh, mandalorian um or season two the season two sorry um where they they call him a zealot and kind of a, a religious zealot and things like that um but russell points out and i think convincingly so is like those are politicians <laughs> and you never want a politician to tell you how to practice your religion um but the thing that's interesting is that you know he's not a fundamentalist he knows when to take that helmet off and he does it in two times to save and both times it's to save life or to value life or to create intimacy or something like that um and so he knows when to take it off it's just not for this in service of a political order and things like that and i find that to be super super compelling aspects of it but yeah are there any other themes or things that you really like about the mythos of star wars that have kind of like you know you said it kind of lives within you what are the things that you see living within you i mean one thing that star wars does so well is um it just it narrates that idea of the hero's journey so well like that you know joseph campbell wrote that book that described how like the hero's journey is a part of literature going so far back you know and it's just star wars just executes that so so perfectly and um if you can't put yourself in the shoes of luke skywalker or the shoes of anakin skywalker for that matter um mm -hmm. or even ray like I'll, I'll give some credit to that yeah. like especially in the force awakens you know like you're you're lost right you're stuck you don't want to be where you're at and then you meet the guide you know and who shows you and obi-wan even says in a new hope right you've taken your first steps into a larger world like shows you what else is possible out there like that's just a story that resonates i think with 
everybody. Um, I, I've, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Maybe this isn't the right time, but I've thought about like the difference between the regular hero's journey and the story of Jesus, right? That like Jesus, in my opinion, Jesus's story doesn't really align that much with the hero's journey, right? Like we don't really see him stuck and then meeting a guide and then developing and then coming back to save. Like he kind of is from the beginning who he is, you know what I mean? Um, and so I almost see that as like part of the uniqueness of the gospel, right? Is that it's not this archetypal story that, that, that we all kind of experience. It's something unique and something special, um, which to me kind of adds to its, its credence as, as a unique story, right? That's been told um, as, as part of our history as people. Um, but back to kind of where that goes with Star Wars is I feel like that's just such a universal feeling. And, you know, if you don't get goosebumps, when Obi-Wan says that, like you've taken your first steps into a larger world or the Yoda speech on Dagobah, um, or even, or even, you know, the, uh, the conversation that Luke has with Anakin at his redemption, you know, like these are just kind of universal human themes that make you think about how you've seen those or things or experienced those things in your own life. Yeah. And I mean, even Maz Kanata with, um, her kind of recapitulating Yoda's, emphasis on the force i mean those yeah. things keep coming back up over and over again but i mean I, you named it so well the idea of like who hasn't themselves like that scene that always gets me I, I, and i never really knew why um but it's you know it's luke kind of going out to um look at he he leaves his apart like his house you know and tattooing to go kind of shut things down and that's where the original kind of force theme plays and he's staring off into the two sons and he's, he just knows that there's more out there for him, you know, and he's just, he's kind of, he's in turmoil in himself. And, you know, obviously I am not in favor of what they did with Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi, not a huge fan of it, but if there was one piece of it that could at least, I could at least see and acknowledge as like, that's a pretty cool part to let him go out on when he's looking again out into the two sons and finally at peace, like that's something I always wanted for Luke Skywalker. Not like that, <laughs> but at the same time, like that same posture of like, you know, we hope that at the end of our lives that we can look back on the things that we've experienced, you know, those kind of two tentpole moments for Luke and say, I, you know, I'm at peace with this, you know, and I mean, to your point with Jesus and the gospel, I think you're absolutely right. This, this idea of like, Jesus doesn't quite fit that mold, I think is important because he, he really overturns a lot of the assumptions we make about literature and classic literature, precisely because he's not a hero <laughs> um, in that way. And I think that's, that's so cool to kind of see how, how he re-narrates that. And I mean, there's been lots of literary studies, like Rene Girard is a guy I think about who talks about how like Jesus is kind of the first figure in, in literature whom dies as a victim, yet himself is not seen as the one who was in the wrong. Like all traditional ancient literature talks about the defeat of the person being the one thing, being like a proof that that person is wrong. Um, and, the, and the moral kind of rightness of the person who kills them. And so that's, that's overturned in the resurrection, then finds out this person's actually God and it kind of, it, it, it complexifies it. But yeah, I mean, with, and we see ourselves in that story um, and Jesus's stories in, in, in a way entirely different from Luke's story, because in Luke's story, we stand there with Luke looking at the sons, um, hoping and, and wishing for the better life. And, and, and with, with God, you know, with Jesus in the gospels, like that is a, that is a body of literature that is itself the way, right? It is simultaneously the story about the way and the way itself. Um, and it's fascinating to kind of see how that goes. Um, and there's lots of parallels, obviously, between, between the Jedi and, and, and Christian theology. We've talked about them a few times a bit, but yeah. Oh, so that's one one piece of kind of Star Wars mythos, right, that uh, I've had a hard time with or that I have a harder time with is the idea of, of balance in the force, right, which I right. realize is this Eastern idea of kind of yin and yang and that kind of thing. But oh, yeah. But again, from a Christian perspective, like, what do we believe? We believe that, you know, that 
that the kingdom right has arrived and the kingdom is marching forward and that you know the, then one day the kingdom will come and so it's like the the light will drive out the dark you know um as opposed to it's these things that you kind of have to keep them in tension and keep them mm-hmm. in in balance um and so the idea of uh, I, i've always kind of liked the idea or wondered if there's another school of jedi out there right uh who would argue that argue against kind of the the jedi orthodoxy you know that says oh like light and darker and balance and would say no 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 like the purpose of the jedi is to drive out the darkness and to kind oh, yeah. of let, let light win um which I, to my knowledge they've never explored in yeah. anything but i feel like would be this kind of like jedi heterodoxy <laughs> you know like what other schools of thought are out there beyond just what we see kind of in the jedi order in the movies and, and in the media yeah I think, I mean, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, because you've read more of the extent of the universe than I have, but the closest they've gotten to that is kind of the origins of the Jedi being like that the Jedi weren't taught that it was light versus dark and the balance and the balance between the two, but the balance was achieved by studying both light and dark simultaneously. And so the Sith were the ones who specialized in training the Jedi about the dark, and then they kind of got seduced by the dark, and that's when the whole fall of the Sith happens, and so um it's it's an interesting kind of thing to to think that that's kind of as far they go and i think that's i think that's a fair assumption it's also the fact that like there's no grace like the idea of like the balance between light and dark in star wars is is a is a universe entirely devoid of grace um because there's no room for failure in in anakin's sense like he's he's married (laughs) with uh, and he's has kids you know and so it's really hard to um to visualize exactly um like how grace would come into play in that and and the defeat the driving out of the you know another point of it is like the the driving out of the darkness from the light this is the perfect part of what of the comparison i think i see in christian theology and star wars is that anakin tries to drive out darkness with darkness right to defend his wife and his kids against the encroaching darkness in his life by giving himself over to it um and so it's it is sin in its perfect form this uh, this inability to like really see that the ways in which you're trying to secure yourself in the world are only leading to its destruction um and so on the inverse of that you know you have jesus who himself his way of driving out darkness um is by submitting to it in a different way not trying to control it and seize its power but instead you know letting the full weight of it exhaust itself on jesus's body and the resurrection is kind of showing that you know the power of darkness cannot hold over light and so again it it, in some sense like star wars perpetuates a certain kind of myth of uh, a myth of kind of like redemptive violence that there is but i think that anakin shows the bankruptcy of that um and if we're looking to jesus like there's a there's a whole other story there that's pretty pretty interesting well and what's what's interesting too is that yoda is wrong right as yeah. he says to luke he says don't go to the dark side he says once you start down the dark path forever will it dominate your destiny but luke proves yoda wrong in that right so so yoda is almost this like uh, to uh, to a certain degree yoda himself is broken right like given what he's seen and what they've what he's experienced he's kind of in this place where he's a little depressed about yeah. like the state of things. And he's like, Hey, once you start down that road, there's no coming back. And Luke is idealistic enough um, and believes in, in his, the, the goodness of his father enough that he's willing to pursue it and, and eventually proves Yoda wrong. Cause, cause Anakin comes back to the light, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So just back to that idea of like, yeah, just because one of the old school Jedi says it, doesn't mean it's necessarily true you know and right. and and i think like going back to the last jedi i think it tried to wrestle with that idea and tried really hard to talk about that but just <laughs> failed miserably and i don't know if that's cuz like ryan johnson didn't know star wars i find that hard to believe or if you just like i don't know maybe he was too cramped in writing it cuz he had to write it quickly or what but like i think they tried to explore some of that but just fell right on their face. And unfortunately it just didn't, didn't work. Um, 
yeah i mean i think we both talked about how like the hope coming out of and again trailer like the trailer for last jedi was just really interesting because you had that voiceover of luke saying you know there's the light and the dark and then beyond that there's just more like which kind of teased this idea that the the path they were going to explore was that luke had found something beyond the balance between light and dark like a different thing but at the end of that movie it just collapses back into light and dark and it doesn't really do anything with it. We've progressed zero spaces forward. <laughs> yeah, pe- people smarter than us have talked about this. Or, but like, they introduce a lot of interesting things in that movie, and a lot of like neat concepts that you're like, oh, if you were to explore this, it would probably make things a little bit like more robust in Star Wars. But they don't go anywhere. <laughs> it's just yeah, just, they don't. Hey, this is a thing, and hey, this is a thing too. And this, and then it's like they just like you said, just by the end of the movie, they just reset back to where they were you know yeah. two and a half hours ago and it's like well that's very unsatisfying yeah and then and then ice cats and millennium falcon and it's, <laughs> and it's over so it's just like yeah it's 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 just frustrating in that way because it could have been like the last jedi could have been an idea of like there's now a new there's a there's a new sect of force wielders that are neither sith nor jedi um because i mean that even that's what that's what kylo ren says the sith and the jedi they need to like they both need to, to, to be destroyed um and yeah that's just the it's just this weird weird thing um that comes in it well that's a different um, podcast that's a different podcast well um do you have any final thoughts as we kind of wrap up here and just the overview of, of uh, our work with star wars here i think for me it's been important to come back especially because i've been you know, fairly critical of things that have happened in the past, you know, five, six years with Star Wars is to to come back to what makes it good, you know, and to come back to what what first enchanted you. Um, and, you know, when we went to Galaxy's Edge, there was a piece of that, I think, that was restored for me because I was just being there and being surrounded by, back to that conversation we had about, like, George Lucas's vision and, and Ralph McQuarrie bringing it to life, like, it's like, oh yeah, this this is what crawled in my little eight year old brain, you know, twenty some years ago. Yeah, and uh, has lived there ever since. And there's mm-hmm. other things that you have to tolerate that go along with that, and missteps and choices that have been made that are frustrating, both by George Lucas and by Disney. It's not all a Disney thing because yeah. Lucas's track record hasn't been perfect either. Yeah, but like, but I think there's just still um so much enchantment you know that came with mm-hmm. star wars early on in my life that is is still there so that's been the important thing for me is to go back to those themes yeah and that's i think that's a really powerful thing um to conclude kind of our conversation on now before we finally leave um uh, both of us have compiled our list and order of our favorites uh our favorite kind of star wars movies and properties we included the two cartoon shows of clone wars and rebels but also but not the clone wars movie but not the clone wars movie yeah um as well as the interquills and the live action films uh and the live action shows so um i'll go first um and i'll give my 15 i'll start with uh i'll start with 15 and i'll go all the way down to one so 15 my very last worst uh film i liked the least was the last jedi uh 14 is attack of the clones 13 rise of skywalker sequel trilogy didn't do too well on my list uh (laughs) number 12 is phantom menace number 11 is boba fett number 10 is revenge of the sith number nine is rebels number eight is clone wars the tv show um rebels was also a tv show number seven was the force awakens number six is solo uh number five is return of the jedi number four is mando number three is rogue one number two is a new hope and the number one movie for me is empire strikes back so luke why don't you share your list yeah we have we have a fair amount of overlap um yeah i think our broad groupings are pretty similar so yeah so from 15 to 1 the last jedi is is my least favorite some people probably may have picked up on that so far uh rise of skywalker is actually my second least just because it just yeah, it just didn't work after everything that had happened. Uh, Attack of the Clones, which is, is until the sequel trilogy was the worst Star Wars movie. Objectively. Uh, um, it's just bad. Uh, the Force Awakens, 
uh, after that, which is a, is a reversal for me. You know this, Hank? Like, yeah, after, that's true. Yeah. After I saw it, I was like, that's probably the second best or third best Star Wars movie ever. And just because of the direction of everything since then, it's it's right. sunk like yeah. a stone. Yeah. Um, after that, I have uh, Book of Boba Fett, Solo, uh, The Phantom Menace, which is is decent in some ways. Like, it's got yep. some redemptive qualities. Uh, Rebels above that, Clone Wars, which was just great in a lot of ways so this is like this is entering like the top half now where there's a lot of really good stuff revenge of the sith rogue one mando and then i have the original trilogy in my top three with return of the jedi new hope and then empire strikes back being yeah uh, uno yeah and uh for those of you wondering we will talk about more i mean with the exception of clone wars and rebels uh we'll talk more about these specifically and all of the things in there that we really enjoy because there's there's some great content and i all say i'll go ahead and say there's great content in all of these in their own way it's just that the the consistency of the great content shifts through different things but that'll about do it for us um we thank you for joining us here if you're looking for a way to support the podcast um try giving us a review on the platform that you listen to us on it really helps others find us here at the art house road show we'll be back uh, luke and i with the original trilogy discussion as we're uh making our way closer and closer to the obi-wan series and so we will be back then um you'll also see uh more with the, uh, the art house road show coming up with our easter um engagement with the uh passion of joan of arc um, so look for that too and and some other movie reviews as well so you'll see those coming out soon but if you're looking for our star wars stuff stay tuned we're gonna release those about once every other week um and next up will be the original trilogy so thanks everyone be kind to one another and we'll see you next time here on the art house road show and that's a wrap thank you for joining us on art house road show we'll see you next time